On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, we talk leadership, trust, and working toward the future. Hey competitors, welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm excited that you are tuning in and hanging out this week as the world has changed quite a bit since last Wednesday, since the Wednesday before Heck, since the first of this year. If you're like me, you are stuck at home quarantined as Dallas County, Denton, Colin, have all issued a stay-at-home, stay-safe warning. And so I'm here hanging out, producing content, thinking of you guys, hopefully able to help you, support you during this tough time, because I know it's not easy. I know a number of you are, are feeling afraid. You're feeling concerned about the uneasy times we're in. Uh, And so what I want to remind you about, what I want to tell you about and encourage you with is this, is that during the tough times, during obstacles and adversities in life, we do not get to choose which ones we face. We do not get to choose which ones come into our lives, but we always get to choose how we respond. We get to make the decision on what type of attitude, what type of effort, what actions we're going to take in response to the situations we have. There's a lot of people right now that are complaining, that are whining, that are adding to the negativity in the situation. And I get it. They're afraid. They're scared. They're angry. But the complaints, the negativity doesn't help to change the situation. It's not putting them into a better position. It's not helping them dig out of any holes they may find themselves in. All it's doing is helping them continue to wallow in that negativity. And so what I want to encourage you and remind you is that you still control your controllables. Your power in this time is in how you respond to this situation. It's with what attitude you show up with, what actions you take, what efforts you give. If you're scared, if you've just recently lost your job, if you've lost a lot of income, there's a ton of grocery stores and places that are hiring right now because they are short-staffed. They're needing help during this time. And that may not be an ideal job for you. But what actions can you take to take temporary work during this time until you're able to get your footing back? How can you reach out to your network of people who are still employed, still working every day, maybe from home or even in their office, to connect with them, talk to them about your situation? This is a time for you to reach out to your network. It's to apply for things that you may not normally consider. You can't control if you got laid off by something related to COVID, but you 100% control how you respond and what actions you take. Looking at the unemployment uh, fund right now for disaster relief is another one. That's something you can do immediately. If you're concerned that your schedule's out of whack and, and your kids are driving you crazy because you're stuck at home or you can't go to the gym or you can't do these things you enjoy, what attitude are you choosing to have? If you hop on my Instagram page at Jake Thompson Speaks, I posted a video on Monday afternoon about being a thermostat or being a thermometer. A thermostat is someone that sets the temperature. They choose their attitude when they walk in the room. They choose their demeanor. It's not about what everyone else is doing. It's not about the world around them. They're still choosing their own attitude. A thermometer, on the other hand, they're just responding to everything else. They're letting the the constant information overload right now on social media trap them in a constant state of fear. They're refusing to take action because they're just, quote, not motivated to. See, the thermostat, they feel the fear, they feel the pain, they know the uneasiness, all of that, but they're choosing 
to still take action, to still be positive. Because here's the thing, people need thermostats right now. They need people who are going to set the tone and set the attitude, especially if you're stuck at home with those people. If you're stuck at home with your kids, if you're stuck at home with your wife and your spouse or your husband, they need you to be a thermostat right now to set a temperature for the entire household. And everything may not be perfect and everything may not be ideal, but you have to set the tone for them. And are you going to set a tone that says, we will get through this? We're going to use this time to spend more time together, to reconnect, to grow. And I'm going to take action every single day toward my goals, toward getting us in a better situation, toward helping us. Or are you going to set the tone of fear, of negativity, of doubt that will no doubt bleed into your spouse, into your children's attitudes as well? This is an opportunity to set the tone, to be a thermostat. And I want to encourage you with that message today to be the thermostat in your household. To check out that video, be sure you can hop it on the Compete Everyday Facebook page or you can find it on my Instagram channel at Jake Thompson Speaks. If you follow it, if you check out the video, I'd love for you to shoot me a comment, send me a DM, tell me what you think about it. But enough rambling about me. I want to introduce you to today's guest, Kevin DeShazzo. Kevin works with a number of organizations on leadership, communication, improving your work on social media. He started with Fieldhouse Media. It's a company he started to help college athletes, coaches, and programs be better on social media. And what Kevin and I ultimately end up talking about today is the importance of trust, the importance of communication in in leadership and relationships. And whether you're finding yourself leading remotely right now or you're still in person, What are some things that you can do to improve the trust in your relationships, in your work, and in your family? How are ways that you can better communicate in those settings to lead better during this uneasy time? The thing I keep going back to every day and continue to talk to uh, my wife, who's still going into her office, who is having a ton just thrown on her plate right now from changes in the work standpoint, is that... A skilled sailor is never made from smooth seas. That great captains are created in the midst of great storms. Great captains are created in the midst of great storms. And so this is the opportunity for you to step up and learn and be a great captain. And Kevin's going to share a ton of information with you about that. We've linked to his book, his website in the show notes. So I want to highly encourage you to check those out. Uh, support Kevin during this time as well. Just pick up his book. It's a great resource. It's a great read. Um, It's incredibly helpful for anyone that desires to be a better leader. Now, before we bring Kevin on the show, just a quick reminder, if you're not in the Facebook community, I am sharing at-home bodyweight, lightweight workouts that you can do every single day if you don't have equipment, if you can't make it to the gym. Quick, easy things. Get out, get a sweat, stay active. I'm also sharing content and check-ins every single day for people so that you're getting some FaceTime with folks. We're going to set up some Zoom calls so it's a little more interactive, but want you all to know we're thinking about you. We're here to support you during this time. And know that you are using this opportunity to be a thermostat, to step up and lead others who are scared, who are wondering what tomorrow will bring. You are seizing that opportunity to help them during this time. Now, if you want to join the group, go to facebook.com slash group slash compete every day. If you want to drop a note to the show, email me at podcast.compete, excuse me, podcast at competeeveryday.com. Because all of the past episodes, if you're on a binge right now, are podcast.competeeveryday.com. So now, without further ado, excited to welcome to the show, Kevin DeShazzo. 
Kevin, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be with you. Yeah, man. Uh, we've been connected on social media for a while, a, a really a small world with our network of, of speakers that we know in common, friends that we have in common. Uh, and after engaging with you on the platform, seeing a lot of what you're about, I was excited to have you on the show and, and just introduce, honestly, your message and who you are to our audience because I think uh, they're going to love it. Uh, but before we dive in, give everyone just a quick snapshot of you now, because I know you've got your hands in a ton of different projects that we're going to touch on. But uh, tell me a little bit about the personal side of you, Kevin. Yeah, so I, I live in Oklahoma City, married my wife, Megan, uh, for this year will be 14 years. We've got three boys uh, and I'm fortunate to kind of do the same thing you do, right? We get to travel the country, meeting leaders, investing in leaders, working with teams, uh, which I do love that piece of it with the social media is like, I'm sure technically we're supposed to be competitors, but we're not. Yep. So it's like, we're friends, we collaborate, we're all after the same thing, ultimately helping people get better. So if people are running that race with you, then, you know, link arms and, and go after together. So uh, I love it, excited to be here, but that's, that's a little bit about um, who I am and sort of what I'm doing. I love the fact that you mentioned that, especially because we're very much alike in terms of the abundance mindset. Uh, and, and the fact, in, in my opinion, I would believe that you believe the same, a rising tide raises all ships. The, the better quality uh, we have in the speaking space, not only does it force each of us to constantly improve how well we do, how well we teach, uh, but it just helps the industry as a whole weed out people that aren't there to help, that aren't there to make a difference, that don't really put forth the effort. And so us collaborating and knowing each other and, you know, our mutual friends, Alan Stein and, and Johnny Quinn and a lot of those guys in that same space, uh, we're all there helping push each other in a friendly competitive sense, but we want to see each other win because it just naturally helps everyone else. That's right. Like you don't have to lose for me to win. That's right. And, and, and you getting a client doesn't mean I lost a client. It means you won, like not like a you versus me, like you won, you had a great day. You're going to help someone get better. And I know that. Right. Which, which takes the, if there's ego, then I'm like, man, I wanted to serve that client. Well, I can still want to serve them. I don't have to, because you're right there. And there are people in the industry. Um, not that we need to gossip about people. Like there are people who are out for ego and for money. They're not, they're really not there to help people. They're there to, to be about themselves. But we've got this community of people where it's like, no, no, like we just genuinely want to help people get better. And we want to cheer on those who are helping people get better and learn from those people. And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It is. And the fun part about that space for those listening that may not be as aware, rarely do you do back-to-back -back years with the same client. Usually you work with a client a year, you go back three or four years later, uh, but you're able to still serve and help them when you know other people in the space that speak on similar topics that are a fit for their team. And so uh, I know Alan Stein has referred me in for events and vice versa for him. And, and that's just kind of the beauty of the space with great people. And so for those in a, in an industry that's different than speaking, it's probably a little bit more aligned than you think. Uh, but coming at it from the mindset that the better you do, the better it forces me to do as well as it just helps everyone as whole. So Kevin, how in the world did you even get started in this space? I know you are one of the founders of Fieldhouse Media. Was that kind of the opening door to all of this other stuff you've slowly built and developed over the years? Yeah, it definitely was. So I, you know, Fieldhouse Media for the past nine years, I've been doing social media training for college athletes, college coaches, college administrators. And so just traveling the country, um, interacting with these people and, and having a seat at the table to hear what's going on in their world. Um, not just from a social media perspective, but from a leadership, from a culture perspective, from a developing people perspective, which I've always been really passionate about and interested in 
found myself in leadership situations, whether I was qualified for them or not. Um, and so that just kind of led me to thinking and realizing that there's a, there's kind of a gap in leader development. Um, it's not unique to college sports. That's just where I spend most of my time, um, where it's, it's, you know, probably not supposed to say this since we're, we're probably technically motivational speakers, but they think that is leader development. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's not that it's, it's hurtful, but most of the time it's, it's like a shot in the arm and then things kind of go back to normal a few weeks later. Uh, and so I just kind of started to study that and look at that and, and started just kind of a daily email uh, to try to encourage and inspire and then partnered with a guy named Jeremy Kubitschek. Um, he had run an event called Catalyst. Um, he had started something called LeaderCast, kind of helping John Maxwell with his brand. And he, he had kind of um, stepped back to reevaluate what leader development really looked like and showed me some stuff they were working on. And I said, whatever that was, I need it as, as a man, dad, husband. Uh, but that's what I want to be doing. And so his company is called Giant and they're serving, you know, the Air Force and Delta and Chick-fil-A and Google and, and dentist office and churches and, uh, you know, construction companies. And I've just taken all their stuff and reframed it for the sports world with culture wins, trying to do, do the same thing, right? Create healthy leaders so we can have healthy teams. I love it. Uh, well, and as someone who's been to some of those events, he's created, you're right. There, there is a stark difference between specific events where the continuation of the content keeps going, the development, the learning, versus the one-off Chris Farley, van, and down, van down by the river, shot in the arm. And I have those conversations with clients all the time, as I sure you do. When you make that investment in a speaker or a teacher, you want to make sure that you can help influence change because the worst thing, and I can say this as an attendee is to sit in the audience, get excited, walk out of the room and think, I have no idea how to apply that to the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm excited, but no idea what to do. Well, then your team's like, Hey, how was it? You're like, it was so awesome. Like what a great event. It's like, well, tell me about it. Well, you had to be there. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the not worst helpful. Words. <laughs> like, the that's worst. not useful. No. Yeah. So I'm curious on, on a few different areas about that. So first off, social media has changed dramatically over the last nine years since you started Fieldhouse Media. And one of the questions for me that I think our listeners could find helpful is where are you seeing the biggest change in terms of college athletes and how they're dealing with it and using it maybe? Yeah, it's been fascinating uh, because when I, so think of the, the, how drastic the change has been in nine years, right? When I, so when I started Fieldhouse, it was ban our players from social media. Don't let them use it. They're irresponsible. Um, and when I started coming in, like the, the request was, will you scare our players off of social media? And I would say yes, knowing that wasn't what I was going to do. Cause I think social media is great. It's like my thing with them is you're on it. Let's make it useful. Don't be afraid of it. Um, respect it, but you can, you can use it on purpose today as a student athlete to set yourself up for success tomorrow. So that's always been my perspective. Like come scare them off of it. Okay, great. I'll sure I'll do that. And then I come in and, and share with them how to use it. Well, well, nine years later, and you know, you, you see Nebraska last week or this week, I guess, but this is the week of all the coronavirus stuff. Yep. So like this week has felt like 20 years. Oh um, man. Has see, it ever? Gosh, which is a, probably a different, different podcast for another day. But it's, you see Nebraska partnering with Open Doors and Blake Lawrence, which is a great company, great man, great leader, um, to, to really intentionally equip their student athletes to develop their brands. So they're going to be evaluating like, how healthy their social media presence is. Look for, look for red flags and like, give them real practical steps ongoing to build their brand. Oh, that's drastically different from ban them from using social media uh, and, and prevent them from using it. So it's, it's, for me, I love seeing stuff like that. 
because we're realizing the value that these student athletes, uh, social media can be for them, for the department. Uh, but for them, it's, it's, you know, I started Snapchat didn't exist. Instagram didn't exist. TikTok didn't exist. Uh, and, and so these new platforms come up and for student athletes, it's now everyone has access to them, right? It's like before you're getting maybe criticism or support from mom and dad or some friends. Now you have a good, good game or a bad game and you've got 10,000 people telling you how good you are, how bad you are. Um, so it's a drastic difference and, and we've, you know, we, st- we, we need to help them build their brand. Yes. But we also still have to continue the conversation of what is this doing to your mental health? Um, how are you really managing this? Not just the don't tweet this, don't post that, don't be an idiot, but let's really think about um, how this is shaping you. Yeah, and, and that mental health side, which I appreciate more and more is becoming an open conversation point, which I think is paramount because like you said, I mean, when I'm in high school and college, like you mess up, you have a bad game, like you're, maybe your friends are going to razz you a little bit. Mom and dad are going to chat with you, but now you get on Instagram or social media and people are just hate mongers coming after you in, in certain senses, or they praise you. And, and one of the things Yogi Roth of the PAC 12 network and I discussed is he had the theory that he thought we would see more five-star flameouts over the next 10 years because kids would be so used to loving and craving the attention versus loving and craving the game and the process. And so it's interesting hearing you talk about that because I know that's where your work dives into and helpful and help creating boundaries, which even outside of college athletics, adults, we have to have those boundaries with social media. What is one or two of the things that you try to lead with in terms of just intro teaching those athletes and and obviously our listeners, how to set boundaries with social media? I think a big thing is you have to know who you are. Like you have to be really, really secure and confident and, and humble in who you are as a person. Like I don't need to prove myself to anyone, not out of ego. Like, cause that's, that, that'd be a prideful. Like I, if you say, man, Kevin, you're awesome. Well, that doesn't change whether I'm awesome or not. Kevin, you're, you're the worst. Well, that doesn't make me any worse. What, whatever you think of me doesn't change who I am. Um, now that doesn't mean you go around just do whatever you want to do, right? Being a jerk to people and say, well, deal with it. Um, but for them, for athletes, for us, uh, especially like for those of us who are living fairly public lives, we're out and about speaking and, and um, not that we're big deals. Like we, we, we do have some, some public um, persona, so to speak. Like it can be really easy to live and die with that praise and that criticism. Uh, but to say like, and I, and I used to be that even giving speeches, like I got to be the funny guy. I got to go up. Like I want to check Twitter after and like engaging how well a speech went based on the social media chatter. Yep. Well, that's a really unhealthy way to live. <laughs> Uh, and so for me, like, no, that's not my, my job isn't to entertain them. My job is, is to go be my best, give them the best message I can and live with what, whatever. Um, but walk off the stage, walk out of the room, knowing that I gave my best. Same thing for an athlete. It's like your job isn't to please anyone or prove yourself to anyone. You're going to ultimately be unhappy whether you win or lose. If, if that's what you're worried about, it's like, you got to be secure in who you are. So I think the other piece is like actual boundaries, like maybe don't check your phone after a game. Uh, if, if you don't, if you don't handle online criticism, well, don't look at your phone for 24 hours. Don't look at your mentions, maybe ever. Like I know some athletes, they just never look at their mentions. They'll post all the time. They're in, they're having conversations with friends via text or via DM, but they're not looking at their mentions because they know you have to know yourself well enough to realize like, I can't handle that. Okay. Well then change your, change your actions. Uh, and if you can handle it, okay, great. Cause some can, like we've seen athletes who can, who can get, get involved in that banter and, and they love it. Uh, but you've got to know yourself well enough to know when to step away from it. 
Man, that's really good advice. One of the things uh, James Leith of Unleash the Athlete and I discussed one time is, is years ago, I found myself running down the comparison hole with a few different people that had started in similar spaces. And I just had to unfollow them on social media. Not that I still wasn't friends with them, not that I still didn't like them, but I knew where my mind would go on social. And so it was literally a couple of years, I, then I would start following them again, little by little, once I knew myself well enough for that space. And so it's not a bad thing to not check those things, to, to set those boundaries for you. The other thing you said that I think would be incredibly helpful for our audience is you mentioned you were put in a lot of leadership positions, whether you were, quote, qualified for them at the time or not. Mentally, I'm curious how you handled stepping into those roles, because I know with any high achiever, just like yourself, imposter syndrome loves to rear its head. And especially when you're put into leadership positions and it's maybe the first time or second time you're so freshly new, dealing with that is as big a battle as actually succeeding in the position. And so I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your journey with that. That's a great question that I've actually never been asked. Um, I think imposter syndrome is healthy, right? Because it means you're, it, it, it removes the ego to say like, really start to question yourself and it can go negative and it can be a really stressful unhealthy thing, but it can also be just reflection. Um, and so I think that's, that can be, if you use it the right way, a really healthy thing. Um, but a couple of things I, I think that, that matter. Number one is act like you belong, not out of ego. Again, like so many things can show up as ego or pride, but act like you belong. You're in that room for a reason. You can doubt yourself. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Well, the people in the room think you are. So act like it. Uh, and, and, so I think that's a, that's a massive thing. If you walk in with doubt, I don't belong here. Everyone's going to read that the second you walk in there, the second you try to try to communicate and you're done. If we don't see confidence in a leader, we're, we're out. Uh, and so I think acting like you belong. And, and I think, you know, one thing I, when I was in the healthcare world, uh, I was leading a, a small team, probably a $20 million team, um, not necessarily small revenue, but it was a small team in size of people. Um, I, I, I think intuitively, I think personality plays a huge role in this. I can kind of, I'm, my personality is I'm wired to just kind of figure things out to fit in, um, to encourage people to, to f find out what needs to be done and, and kind of attack it. I don't generally sh like shrink back in fear. I don't get overwhelmed with things. Uh, and I think that just served me really well. Um, but to walk in and I, I realized that everyone needed something different. And so I had to take time to listen, which I'm not very good at, uh, but take time to listen to people to realize what do they need? Cause I can't lead this guy like I lead her because she's going to operate very different and I'm going to ruin all of it if I try to lead her like I, like I lead him. Um, and so I think taking the time to listen to your team, like if you're a new leader, people don't expect you to have answers, uh, but if you can come in with some humility and learn to listen to people, to ask a lot of questions, um, you'll get almost all the answers that you need simply by asking questions. That'll, that'll give you kind of a vision for where you can go with people. Would you say that's also, because I know one of the foundations and things you talk about in terms of culture is communication. I mean, it's paramount for any healthy culture and organization is great communication. And everyone communicates differently. They receive information differently. They process it. So would you say your advantage or development in terms of learning how others communicate is simply through listening or, or what else are you, or excuse me, simply by asking questions, you learn how they communicate or what other things are you doing to better understand how you can communicate effectively with those various personalities? Back then, yeah, I was just trying, trying to listen and trying to 
uh, kind of shapeshift in, in, a, in an intentional way, right? That can be manipulative, trying to shapeshift and be something different for everyone. But to shapeshift, realize each person needs, they need a consistency, right, in values and consistency and vision, um, but they need something different in terms of this person needs encouragement in a different way. This person may need more details. This person just, hey, we're going this way. Great, I'm ready. Um, today, not to get too salesy, but we, we've created a system called Five Voices. And so we, you look at all these personality systems or personality assessments, Myers-Briggs, DISC, Enneagram, there's 5,000, right? And I, and I think they're all good and all useful. Um, what we found working with teams is a lot of them were hard to scale and actually create into a, not just an assessment, but a system of communication. And so we built something called, called Five Voices, easy assessment that people can, can take, but then to see how, okay, if I'm a connector and you're a guardian, okay, that's opposite. I've got to shift how I communicate because you're going to hear me as a, as a guardian, but that's not, that's not how I'm talking. Yeah. But if I can know that person, then I can shift my communication. Instead of making it a guessing game, um, I can start to communicate on purpose. So we, a lot of the stuff that we do is trying to create common language within teams because language shapes culture. Um, and so that's part of the part of the language we try to get into the water system of and get whatever personality assessment they use. But we, we use one called five voices and it just helps people shape knowing who I am and knowing my tendencies around communication and where those are strengths, where those may be weaknesses, but also how to adjust that to other people. Uh, I love that. And I know our listeners, we have a lot of people that are in director level positions, managerial, aspiring to be there one day. And sometimes, you know, you may try your best, but you're still not on the same page communicating. And so hearing that, uh, hearing that there's resources to help them with that is incredibly beneficial because it's the idea of, of football coaches have told me time and time again on the show that if you can get to a player's heart, you can get to their head. If they know you care about them, if, you, if they know you want them to succeed, you can help. They'll play, they'll run through walls, you name it. And, and the same goes in our careers. As cutthroat, as selfish as we tend to think sometimes corporate careers can be, great leaders, great managers, directors that can get to those people's hearts, communicate in a way that they understand it and let them see that not only the vision, but here's how we want to help you succeed. It can be a game changer for those people because in a professional sense, and maybe even in a personal, you're the first person who's ever taken the time to learn their communication style, which opens up a whole other avenue. Well, and, and people, you know, Google, I think it was Project Aristotle, where they looked at like how people become high performers, like where they feel the best in a culture. And it's psychological safety, which means they feel valued and they feel heard and they feel known. It's like, so that all that means, like, you know who they are, you know how they think, how they operate, you know how to communicate with them. And, and, and you nailed it. Like leaders think, Oh, that's just too fluffy. I don't want to sit around and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. It's like, nobody told you to do that. Like, why'd you make it weird? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just having a conversation with people. And, and we get so focused on execution, right? We got to get wins. We got to get sales. We got to make the donuts, you know, whatever it is. If you will slow down and actually take time to be with people, we're not talking about hours. We're not talking like crazy stuff. Just have a conversation with someone, let them know that you see them, that you hear them. And, and you're right. Like, if you, you think about the best leaders that you've ever had in your life. Yes, they were good at what they did, right? They were a winning coach. They were a successful business person, whatever. But you consider them the best leader that you played for, worked for, worked with, because you knew they cared about you. And like, that's, that's what flips us to like actually follow people is you can be a great coach. Like, I know you know a lot about football. That's like, you're, you're in that seat for a reason. Do you know a lot about me? If I feel that, you're right, I'll run through a wall. I'll do whatever it is you ask because I know that you're actually for me. You're not just using me to get what you want. Yeah, with, without a doubt. You know, a lot of that I think came up 
last year around this time with March Madness when Tom Izzo got into it with one of his players very publicly, both yelling at each other, both into it. And then after the game, both of them are like, no, I love coach. Like he has my best interest. Like we're heated in that moment, but like they were bonded and people out, I think outside of sports sometimes don't understand that relationship. Um, but it can very much be applied in a career setting as well. Like you can disagree, but if I know you have my best interest and vice versa, we can still work past that issue. Kevin, for someone that's constantly pouring in, teaching, helping others, I'm curious where you're getting your education and inspiration. Where are you constantly refilling your cup as someone who's always outpouring it? I think it's critical, number one, right? Like you can't, you can't give what you don't possess. And so if, if I'm not learning, like coaches have coaches or they should. Um, and, and most successful people that I've been around that I respect, like someone's pouring into them, right? They, they've got, it's not all of them. Otherwise it's just ego and you think you've got everything solved. Um, I, I've got a few, like my, my business partner, Jeremy, he's, he's 10 years older. He's built global companies, uh, with the right intent. And so I get just tons of, of wisdom and encouragement from him can lean on his experiences. Um, I've got people kind of around, around the country who are in, in the same field that I can talk to. Hey, how'd you do this? Hey, why'd you do that? Hey, I'm feeling this, um, that I, that I can lean on. I learn a ton just from social media. Like it's, for all the negatives with social media, it's like, it's amazing how much, if you use it right, I mean, I'm learning, I'm learning from you, I'm learning from Alan, I'm learning from John Gordon, I'm learning from all these people that I've, I've thankfully built relationships with. So I'm not just learning from them, you know, via text or conversation, but they'll put something out on social media. I'm like, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually dealing with that. That's, that's great. I needed to hear that. Um, and so I think some of that comes from a, a, a place of humility, which, which for me is, is honestly about like my tendency is to be, be prideful and have ego. But if I can have humility, like I'm learning from everywhere. Um, and it's, it's showing up each day saying, like, I don't have the answers. I don't have to, um, I have some answers, but there's a whole lot I can learn. Like I'm nowhere close. We, we talk a lot about, um, performance versus potential. Like where are you performing versus what is your potential? Well, I'm probably, if I'm honest, I'm probably at like 40% of my potential. Well, I'm not, I'm not 40 years old. Like if I was at 90% of my potential, I'm, <laughs> I'm maxed out before 40. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, if I can be honest, like, man, I've got a lot to learn and a lot to grow into. And that allows me to enter each day with that mindset. Uh, man, I appreciate you saying that. And, and I think just to hammer it home for our listeners, the key trait you see in successful people, just like yourself is this hunger to keep learning. It's, I, I don't know it. I, I'm not the smartest person in the room. Honestly, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be in places where I'm constantly being able to learn and, and fill my cup. Uh, and so that's, that's always encouraging to hear and, and just hammer that home for our listeners. Kevin, for people interested in learning more, maybe it's some of the coaches that listen to our show that want to learn more about Fieldhouse or, or maybe the organizations. We've got a lot of people, like I said, on the show that are working with companies that, that maybe need that injection into their culture. Where can they get connected with you online uh, and find out more about some of the work that you're doing? Uh-oh. Hello? Oh, sorry. I was like, oh, no, it's okay. I, no, no, no. We're good. We're good. I fro we froze. So I'll edit that piece <laughs> out. Uh, I'll ask the question again. It like froze up. I saw your screen go and I was like, oh no, we lost him. Um, so Kevin, for anyone listening, that's uh, man enthralled with the, <laughs> enthralled with the conversation. Whoa, I am getting, okay. Hang on just a sec. There we go. Now we're clear. Okay. No, now we're good. I think it's me storms in Dallas. We'll, we'll blame it on them. Ah, 
<laughs> Kevin, so for anyone listening to today's show that wants to find out more about your work, maybe it's the coaches that want to help talk about how Fieldhouse Media can help their athletes, but maybe even the leaders that listen to our show about how your work with culture could really inject something into their organization. Where can we find you online? Where can we get connected and find out more about your work? Yeah, probably the easiest. I, you know, I'm on, on social media a lot. Twitter and Instagram is just at Kevin DeShazo, um, at Culture Wins. Probably the easiest places to, to find me. My contact information is, is on those platforms. You can send me an email. My phone number is on there. Um, and I'm always willing to have conversations. Doesn't, doesn't mean you're going to bring me out for anything, right? It's like coaches just want to reach out, same thing you're doing, right? If, if they have questions, we're just a resource to try to help people get better and, and process things. I love it. And we're going to be linking not only to those links, your social media and the show notes, but as well as your book, Leadership Interrupted, uh, that you have on Amazon. It's a, a daily inspiration. So for the leaders on here that are competing every day, you want something short, easy to read every morning, give you a, a sharp focus on leadership. Um, we're going to link to Kevin's book that I know could provide value to not only your mindset, but just the influence you're trying to develop at your organization. Kevin, man, this has been fun. So glad we finally got connected on here and appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.